I truly hope that you had a blessed Christmas season. And here we are now in that period of time anticipating a new year. I don't know if you're one of those individuals that endeavors to set some goals and make some changes for the new year. I often do and write them down in my journal. Well, with that in mind, I want to suggest a couple things as you begin to move into 2024. Pray about them and see if the Lord would have you uh, embrace anything of what I'm saying. First, before we look to 2024, it would be good to stop and consider the blessings of the Lord in 2023. I am sure there were many challenges and opportunities that felt as though we were hanging on a cliff by our fingers. But also, if we would wait upon the Lord and be quiet, we would probably recognize that there are specific places of gratitude that we can embrace that would be a great encouragement to our own heart, but also have a spiritual impact, not only on the world, but on our own relationship with God. Stop. Spend some time. This is so consistent with what um, St. Ignatius would have told us in the prayer of examine, to stop and count the blessings great and small. And I have so many. And I don't want to end the year and begin a new year without considering some of these tremendous interventions of the Lord, great and small, through events, through people, through kindness, through generosity, whatever it might be, would you consider stopping, maybe even going to your journal and writing down some of the things that you're particularly grateful for, and then give them praise to the Lord. Now we come to 2024. Look, there are a lot of things that we can write down that we're hoping in terms of our health, our diet, um, our relationship with God, our spiritual disciplines, the books that we may want to read. It's good to put those things down, even though there are times that we recognize we're not going to reach all of those. But I believe there's something healthy and good about setting goals in the new year and thinking about what we would hope would be true. I know for Cheryl and for myself, one of the things that we decided is that we were joining a gym. That all comes out of the fact that I had that difficulty this last summer with a stroke and needed to be in PT, which I've done since then. And praise God, here's a good thing to be thankful for in 2023. I'm stronger and growing but we set our desire to go to a gym. So it's one of our goals. Now, how many times we get there? Well, at the end of 2024, I'll probably have to tell you. But it is a goal. But, but I want to shift attention, and I want to talk about something, well, probably unexpected when it comes to considering our goals for 2024. But I think it's important for us as we move forward. You know, there's something that I 
face and I need to face and I'm sure you do too. That there are things about our life and our lifestyle and our choices that we wish were not true. There may be some ways in which we are not consistently living out of who we are in Christ. I guess a way to say it is that we still have places in our lives where we sin, where we fall short of what God wants us to do. In 1 John, uh, the apostle actually writes that. He said, if you say you're not sinning, you're actually a liar. And I think many of us do struggle. And, and it's complex at times. It's not only the things we're still stuck in doing, but there are times in which we still struggle with the shame and guilt of events that took place long ago even. And we've probably confessed them to the Lord hundreds of times. Now, obviously, you're bright enough to know that if I'm talking about this, this is something that I myself do struggle with. And so these two points, I think, are something that I want to encourage you with as we move into the new year, that yes, we are going to skin our knees. And we want the Lord to help us. And we want to grow in those areas of our lives. And yes, we probably look back into the past with some regret and the evil one accuses. And there may be a certain degree if you will, of shame and guilt that wraps around that. But here comes what I want to talk about in terms of the new year. Wouldn't it be good if we could today, in this transition period between last year and next, ask the Holy Spirit to help us embrace the reality that Jesus is actually drawn to us in our weakness. Let me say that again. He is drawn to us in our weakness. In other words, when we do struggle and where we do struggle, Jesus comes our way. We have a lot of scriptures that relate to that. Certainly the story of Jesus going out after the lost sheep is one of them. But he meets us when we find ourselves in a ditch. And it would be really, I think, a good thing as we move into this new year, if we could ask the Lord to hardwire that truth in us, then instead of beating ourselves up when we fall short or because we have fallen short, then instead what we would do is give praise to the Lord and open our hearts and our eyes and our spirit to the reality that this is precisely the time when Jesus draws close to us. Because he came, as he said, not for the healthy, but for those that are sick. And so that becomes for me a, a really good spiritual principle that I'd like to carry throughout the next year. That when I find myself auguring down into this dark place of regret, that I would stop and remember the generosity and love of Christ 
as he moves deeply into the places of our weakness in order to help us. That's why I think the scripture that comes out of Hebrews chapter 4 is so important that Jesus has been tempted in every way. He, he, he knows what this is like, and he ministers to us from that point of view. You know, think of it this way. If you had a particular physical problem, let's say you had a stroke or struggled with Parkinson's or suddenly you had a diagnosis of cancer and you find out that your doctor has gone through that very thing. Number one, I think it would give us more confidence, but also we would realize that he's entering in with us. He understands. There is a level of compassion and concern. Any doctor that's treating a patient relative to something they themselves have experienced well, they're not likely to stand at an objective distance and be emotionally closed off. But instead, they're going to be able to empathize. This is one of the reasons I think that insight from J.B. Torrance is so important in his book, Worship, Community, and the Triune God of Grace. He says, Jesus the physician became the patient. He became one of us. He knows what temptation is like. He knows how hard it comes against us, and he draws close with empathy. That's another teaching that comes out of the book of Hebrews, that he, the word that's often translated is he sympathizes with us, he touches our pain, but I think the real key is he empathizes with us. He wants to use his experience to help us walk through our experience, and so that when we do in this new year begin to struggle, instead of letting it drive us away in shame and guilt, may we open our eyes to the recognition that Jesus is very close to us in these moments. Not to condemn, but he understands and he wants to meet us there. You know, I mentioned earlier the passage of Scripture in First John about the fact that we do sin, and if we say we don't, we're a liar. But it's in that same section of First John that it says that if we confess, if we just are open and honest, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us. What, what a powerful, powerful word that I think can really help us in this time and really lead us to health as we move forward into the new year. I want to read something that um, Eugene Peterson once wrote about how God deals with sin, with failing to live out of who we really are in Christ. He, he writes these words, God does not deal with sin by ridding our lives of it as if it were a germ or mice in the attic. God does not deal with sin by amputation, as if it were a gangrenous leg leaving us crippled, holiness on a crutch. God deals with sin by forgiving us 
And when he forgives us, there is more of us, not less. Wow, that, that is so profound and so important for us to recognize that when we come to the Lord and we recognize that he draws to us in our weakness and that he wants to bear us up and cleanse us and forgive us, that we're even better, that there's more of us. He's not cutting something away or eliminating a part of our narrative. He's redeeming it. Your story is a story that does include both victories and defeat, peace and anxiety, success and failure. And the Lord isn't in the business of cutting away the part of our story that is failure, that is grief, but instead redeeming it cleansing it, keeping our whole story there as a way to bring glory to him, which is part of the wonder of the gospel. This brings me back to the issue of the cross. There on the cross, as our Lord suffered and died, he paid our debt and he forgives our sin. And he does it over and over and over again as we cry out to him. That day, he forgave us for what we've done, what we'll do, and even what we're doing. And he did it out of love. And so, I offer this little challenge in this in-between period when we are moving away from 2023 and into 2024. Show gratitude. Ronald Rollheiser, the great spiritual director, talks about how gratitude can change the world. So show gratitude. Take some time. Think about specifics. Even share them with someone. But also, let's embrace the spiritual principle and truth that our Lord Christ draws near us, near to us in our weakness. He doesn't turn away. He wants to use his strength in our weakness to sustain us and to change us. And that he is so generous to forgive. May we walk into the new year with that resolution that we will believe that in our difficult times, our Lord actually comes to us and never turns away. <laughs>